tell us we're wrong? I mean, well, probably because we'll be wrong. Okay. Hopefully. So, hey, everybody. What? <laughs> I'm prepared to be wrong. Preparing to be wrong. Yeah, always. Welcome back to uh, Ruchi and Jer explain weird SF politics to Scott. This time it's just Jer explaining weird SF politics to Scott because Ruchi... hopefully getting weird SF politics explained to me. Yeah, it's it, there's gonna it's there's gonna be a lot of weird in this one. We're just gonna take a wild swing at trying to help you understand the completely bananas down ballot stuff that you're gonna see on your November eighth uh, ballot. Um, if you're like me and you vote by mail, you've already got it in the mail, and it's like a ten page thing, and mm-hmm. it's it's just a hot mess. So, Jer, what's up, dude? Is there any is there one of these that you want to jump in on or? Do you think we should go by number? Because like, we can't possibly cover all of them. I think we should just talk about whatever you want to talk about. So I do think we should slap together some kind of voter guide and put like a link to that in the show notes. Or like, if you're listening to this, you probably have our email addresses. You can just email us or text <laughs> us and act. We can send it to you. Um, Let's show notes. Um, okay. I mean, we have a whole website now, so you know. Let's do okay. It. Well, right now it's um, a Google Sheet. So there's a couple of these that I I just cannot wrap my brain around. Okay, and I love that. Maybe we can muddle through them together. Okay, let's muddle. So, some of them are like you know cost of living adjustments for San Francisco city employees who retired before 1996. Which yeah, the the background of this is just wacky. Just okay, really wacky. So okay, so that's A, right? Prop A. That's a. Okay, so Prop A is the supplemental cost of living adjustment for certain city retirees and employment contract for retirement board executive director amendment, November, 2022. Okay. In 1996, we, the citizens of San Francisco said uh, that the retirees that were getting uh, pensions from the city of San Francisco weren't getting their cost of living adjusted upwards enough. And so, gave a benefit, an extra on top of their existing benefits, like supplemental increase to their cost of living adjustments. Okay. And then the very same people in San Francisco in like, and I forget the year, it was like 2005. No, it was in the middle of the, the, that weird little dip crisis thing we had in 2008, where like the pensions themselves aren't fully funded. So we're going to amend that thing we said in 1995 and say you can only get that cost of living increase adjustment, the extra bonus monies, if the pension is fully funded, which it isn't. And so, like, we, we, we on one hand, we giveth, and the other, we taketh away. Okay. And then the court said, uh, actually, that's not cool, folks. You can't um, just take away benefits that have been legally agreed to. And so, struck down the cost of living adjustment increase or no, sorry, the, the requirement that they, uh, the pension fund be fully funded, but only for people who retired after 1995 people before 1995, screw those. No, like they just, no, they don't get their extra monies. So prop a is an effort to kind of unify the uh, retirement benefits for people before 1995 and after, which means it only affects a handful of super old people at this point. And, and people who like retired city and County employees, right? Right. I, I don't know. I, I, 
I got a uh, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, basically, every voter guide I found either said yes on this or didn't have anything to say about it. Nobody says no on this. It is a bunch of extra money out of the general fund to pay yeah. for cost of living increases for people who didn't get them before. But those people, and you know, uh, they're real people with like real problems. But this is not like a ongoing like amount of money. Eventually, the people in that retiree program will no longer be collecting benefits, to put it euphemistically. And so like, you know, sure, we can give them a little extra cash. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm fine with that. To me, it sounds like the supporting the right people, supporting public servants. uh, Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think I'm a yes. And there's a lot of crap on this ballot. So I think I'm those are all the brain cells I can throw at this. The thing I don't understand is about how it changes the rules about selecting a the 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 duties of the public works department. No, no, sorry, not the public works department. I'm moving on to the next one. The executive director of the retiree program. It does it's, what now? I don't know, man. It's super weird. Like they they stuffed two somewhat unrelated things in the same ballot proposition, and so like it sounds a little hinky. But I don't think it's hinky enough to keep me from voting yes on it. So. Is it is this just like some weird like backroom politics where like somebody wanted to give somebody else a different job or something, and so they just like tacked it onto this otherwise super popular it's, thing? It's something about like how they write the employment contract for the person who's supposed to be running the retirement program. I just don't I just don't understand how like why that matters. And, this is so dumb. And so like this butts up right against Jer's razor. Why? You know, like why, why do I have to have an opinion about the contract that we sign with the person who does the, the pensions for retired city employees? I don't know this. Surely there are people who, who know this, that why am I being asked to weigh in anyway? Why can't the stupid board of soups do this? I, that is a good question that I do not have the answer to. Um, Okay. But that doesn't hold the candle okay. to the next completely wacky ballot proposition, which is B. Okay, yeah. B is the reunification of the Department of Sanitation and Streets and the Department of Public Works. Because in 2000, I think it was only like a couple years ago, yeah. in like 2000, there was another ballot proposition that split those two departments in half. They removed yeah. the sanitation and streets portion from the public works. And now we're being asked to like, like smoosh them back together again. Yeah. And for, I think if I remember right, I was against pulling them apart in the first place. And so I should be for smooshing them back together. But like, this is another like a schizophrenic San Francisco politics bullshit. Why, why, yeah. why after two years that, by the way, the, the original ballot proposition hasn't even really come into effect yet. So of like course. they haven't been totally torn apart and we're being asked to, I don't understand what this is all about. I've heard, I've heard some people talk about this one, but I, but like basically, so this one is funny with C because this one is talk. This is like, somebody said like, wait a minute, we've got too many stupid fucking committees in San Francisco clogging up the, the government. Cause there's like a committee to have oversight over the other committees. And like, this one yeah. is like, well, 
maybe if we make a special committee that's just in charge of cleaning the streets and it's not a part of Department of Public Works anymore, maybe they'll do a better job at the task of cleaning the streets. As though like the problem with San Francisco's streets was that we didn't have enough bureaucrats identifying where the poop was, you know, like that doesn't seem like that's that's not how you solve that problem. Right. Um, the heat map. They have that, right? So, so here's, I, I, I heard, I don't know, I did not fact check this, which is lucky me. I'm on a factory hey, podcast. Thanks. Yep. Uh, uh, we, San Francisco spends a bananas amount of money, like per capita, on cleaning its streets. And a lot of times it has very clean streets, like right after they've been cleaned, right? But we dirty them up fast. And like, spoiler, we dirty them up fast because a lot of people live on them. So yes, I'm going to make this about housing. Like if we want clean streets, we should make it so a bunch of San Franciscans don't have to camp on them to live. Or, or at least give them some place to go to the bathroom. Oh wait, spoiler alert. Maybe we should talk about the $1.7 billion toilet in my neighborhood. Anyway. I heard, I heard they on. canceled the party. Let's put a pin in that. That'll be a fun yeah. one. We'll, we'll, let's close on that. That'll be the, that'll be dessert. Oh. Um, so yeah, I think I'm a yes on this. I, 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 I don't I don't know. I'm old enough now that I've become an anti bureaucracy old person. But I I just think it's dumb. Like I don't think we need I don't think the problem with San Francisco's streets is that we need a, another commission to convene and say, Yep, the streets are dirty, you know? Uh, like Yeah. But it's not just smushing them back together. There will still remain these kind of like appendages of oversight and the but with specific rules about what they have oversight over. It's just Right. Anyway, like legislation through propositions is a bad idea. So it's a terrible idea. This is deeply and, stupid. And this is why, because like we thought, oh, let's tear these two organizations apart. Oh, that was a bad idea. We can't just fix it with the legislature because it was a ballot proposition. Now we have to go back and say, JK, LOL. Uh, we really do just want one or anyway, whatever. Can we pass a ballot proposition to fix that rule so that the <laughs> board of supervisors can do their jobs? <laughs> Uh, that would require them to do their jobs, but okay. Yeah. The next two are D and D, and I didn't study up on these because I am just going to do whatever you tell me to do. D and E, yeah, yeah. You want the D? D is good. E is bad. Okay. D, wanna, yeah. D. Do you want to go is, into more depth about why D is good? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big topic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> girthy? No, I don't know. That means sense. Um. Uh, D D is the one that got put on the ballot by the mayor and a bunch of housing orgs and a bunch of signatures. E got put on there by the board of supervisors after D qualified. Like it's really, it's, I mean, this is not assuming good faith on the part of the board of supervisors, but like, it really just seems like they put it on there to be like a spoiler and to be confusing to voters. Mm -hmm. um, they're both called more affordable housing. Um, D actually streamlines the process and makes it easier to build housing. E does not. Um, and they just has a bunch of language in it that makes it sound like it's supposed to do, uh, you know, streamline stuff and make more affordable housing. But like, there's just some, some, some details in there that details, allows, sorry, yeah, details in there that allow, that would still allow for stuff to get stopped up and like that's that's it's not going to fix anything i mean the board of supervisors has just done a terrible job with housing in this city and i don't know if that's because they're incompetent or because they don't really want it or because of like whatever mechanisms of the levers of power whatever like i i don't i don't really know well i have ideas but like 
I don't, I don't have a, like a picture perfect. I don't, I don't have like a hundred percent clarity on why it is the board of supervisors is bad at getting housing built, but I know that they are. So like whatever they're doing, I'm much more in favor of the housing orgs and the mayor uh, trying to get it done. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, in my humble opinion, the, just the way we elect supervisors like inevitably leads to uh, fortressing and like the the encouragement of nimbyism. So each one of the supervisors gets a uh, how would you put it that a they get off scot free. So to speak. sorry, Scott, <laughs> denying a, a new housing in their district because of some uh, gentleman's rule about how these kind of votes go in the board of soups. That if there is a vote for a particular like pro or against housing in uh, one supervisor's district, all the supervisors agree to vote the same way the supervisors who, whose district it is votes. And so what that leads to is just like everyone gets to say no to everything. And there's never a vote for, well, yeah, it's bad for this district, but it's good for the city. It's just everyone gets to say no all the time. Anyway, it's, just, it's yeah. BS. So, so that, that thing you're talking about where, where the, the supervisor in their district, their section of San Francisco, sort of gets to say, yes, I want this housing. No, I don't. And everybody else on the board sort of like respects that, that decision, right? Mm -hmm. that, that is has been the case. Uh, conspicuously, that did not happen with the uh, Nordstrom's Valley parking lot that we tried to turn into like 500 units. Yeah. That was yeah, in, the, I think it was Haney's. Yep, they threw a snit because Haney was running against their preferred candidate for uh, the assembly. So they decided not to honor that gentleman's gentle person's agreement because he was running against somebody they liked. It was yep. just pure politics. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, I think, and, and like. I, like I don't even I don't even think I, I'm not sure like how big of a win that would have been for Haney, right? Because like, what does it do for him politically to get to get that housing built? I don't know. Like, I mean, there there was remember the whole redistricting debate. Like, yeah. the, the fewer people you get in a district, the better chance when redistricting comes around that your whole district just gets sliced out from underneath you. You're, like suddenly your house is no longer in the district you represent. Right, you because they have to move the lines because some other district had a bunch more people, and so you have to like. Yeah, move the lines around. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't. I don't know though. That that seems like way too, like premeditated and calculating for for the board of supervisors. Like, I, I don't. I kind of. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what it is, but it's dumb. Anyway, the board of supervisors really, really bad on housing. I don't trust them. No on E. Yes on D. <laughs> okay. okay. Do you want to talk about C? Have you Have you read about C at all? Wait, C, we just covered C. C was the, oh, the Homelessness Commission. I skip right over C. Right? Yeah. So C is, D, B was let's get rid of a commission. C was like, hey, let's have a commission. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, who put C on the ballot? I don't know. This is the thing that we should know. Who put C on the ballot? I don't know. Hey, Siri, who put C on the ballot? No, it's not, not seriously. God damn it. Siri needs to understand when I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. You just need to end your sentence with the, the what is it, the sarcasm mark, which is the upside down, what was the upside down question mark? Anyway. Um, okay. I have, so in the spreadsheet that we have, there's a bunch of links to other voter guides. So if you're, if you're. Okay. C was put on the ballot because it's a charter 
amendment, so it has to be a ballot prop, was put on by the Board of Supervisors. All right. So they want to form a new um, a new commission. And, you know, I, here's what I wonder. What I wonder is, because we spend as a city so much money on fighting homelessness mm-hmm. to like really good effect. We, there's a bunch of really visible homeless people, but there's a lot of people who are just transitionally homeless that mm-hmm. have been helped by those, the funds that we as citizens of San Francisco yeah. put towards homelessness, right? We do a bunch, but yeah. because of the visible homelessness problem, there's a lot of people who think that we, they aren't getting their money's worth. They hear that we spend you know, X number of dollars and like, what are we getting that for? And so yeah. I wonder if this is the board of soups. Um, I don't know. Sleight of hand to like, Hey, look over here. We're going to form a commission to look at how that money that we authorize is getting spent. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, we do, we do spend, uh, we do a lot of good stuff. I agree with you. We do also spend a lot of money per person experiencing homelessness like per mm-hmm. capita we spend a lot of money on homelessness mm-hmm. i i don't know i think i'm a no on this one like I, I i don't think the problem with homelessness is another commission i don't think another commission with like the ability to i like i i just i i doubt that this commission is going to overcome the problems with homelessness that we currently have you know what i mean like especially if it's coming from the board of supervisors so you know, do you don't think that this commission is going to cause a ton of new housing to be built? And Correct. Therefore, yeah. Okay. And nor do I think it's going to find a way to like get more navigation centers built because like there's a bunch of organizations within San Francisco that uh, try to get those things built and they get and they get stopped by the normal veto points that that stop all new things in San Francisco. I, I don't think this commission is going to like, especially because it's going to be beholden to the board of supervisors i don't think this commission is going to fix anything i think it's just something to that they can say like look we're doing stuff i think this is kind of similar to m the vacancy tax honestly oh we're going to get into that okay put it yeah i want to get into that all right okay um so i think i'm a no on c i think yeah i'm leading towards that too Uh, okay yeah F is the Library Preservation Fund, which is a sales tax. I think it's a sales tax measure. Uh I could be wrong. Hang on. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. It might be um, a parcel tax. But whatever it is, it is how our libraries get funded. It's Uh expiring, and this is just renewing it for another 25 years. I think this is a slam dunk. No doubt. Give libraries money because libraries are amazing. This is is on there because it needs to be or something? It is on there because it's a charter amendment and charter amendments have to go through the ballot proposition. So it passes Jair's razor. It does. All right. Fine. We can have libraries. I'm a yes. (laughs) Okay. G is a system of grants to the San Francisco Unified School District for very specific things. Um, I don't know too much about this one because I like skipped ahead to M that said more money to San Francisco schools is something I've been asking for, for like, you know, years now. So I can't really look to give horse in the mouth. I, I, I couldn't find a single voter guide that said no on it. They all say yes or take no position. Great. 
And the last one amongst the charter amendments is the city elections in even numbered years. I think this mm. is also a slam dunk. The more yeah. people engage in the democratic process, the better. Yeah. And more people will engage in the democratic process when they happen in the same years that the other big elections, including Senate and presidency happen. So, so is- interesting thing. Okay. Interesting thing about we just like two minutes about, about, about age. I think I'm with you. I think, well, yeah, the interesting thing here is that the mayor and the SF examiner are no on this. What? Why okay. is the mayor no on moving elections to, I mean, this extends her term by a year. Why would I think, okay, my, my total, totally unfounded conspiracy theory idea on why this might be, why she might be a no on this Mm -hmm. is that I think that progressives in San Francisco hitch their wagons to national progressives. Mm -hmm. And they think that, uh, the even year elections, the like the national midterms and presidential elections in San Francisco will get higher turnout and you'll get more like San Francisco liberals who are going to go for all of the progressive stuff that our progs like to talk about so that they can be super duper conservative in San Francisco. That's my, that's my like bank shot theory on why on why uh, a why they want to do this and b why the mayor doesn't want to do it. Right. I think we should do it, but that's my that's my wacky theory on why the mayor might feel that way. So wait, let me see if I understand. You're saying that the mayor would like to keep elections in odd number of years because that depresses turnout, specifically around people who get really jazzed about national elections, and those people so. like aren't her natural constituency. Yeah, I think so. I think I think she I think she I think. Her her election calculus is that you get the people you get to turn out in the non big election years are the people who you can get fired up who like you the factions that you can cobble together right oh you know what here's okay um, in low turnout elections getting out the vote efforts are how you win right yeah. you encourage people to get to the polls. Yep. And you don't need to do that when it's like when Joe Biden's doing it for you or yep. whatever. Yep. And so, so she has more control because she is the mayor of the entire city and has therefore more cachet. And she, okay, I see what you're saying. I don't well, care. I don't I'm, care. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even sure it's her cachet. I just think like whatever political machine or whatever constituency, constituencies she's put together, she knows she can rely on them. And that's that work to get her elected. And I, I, I think... I think to an extent that if we do this, it will move the city in a more San Francisco progressive, AKA conservative direction. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because I think, because I think, you know, I think all of the like, uh, I don't know. I I, I think low info voters, low info liberal voters in San Francisco, which is, they're not that low info, right? They just watch a lot of Rachel Maddow and like forget to vote, you know? Um, or I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know who that is, but like, I, there are people who don't vote in the odd years who will vote for Joe Biden because they really, really hate Donald Trump or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think those people are more likely to go in for the kind of stuff that Dean Preston and Aaron Peskin, uh, are, are, are putting out there and the, and the kind of like ballot propositions that they're putting out there. Um, yeah, because yeah, I, man. So, like, 
I, I, I totally get that argument. I, I reject it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you think it's not true or you think it's not a good reason to move the elections? I, I think it's, well, I don't think it's, I think we should move the elections. I think we, that's what I'm saying. I think we should move the elections because more democracy, mm, oof, more democracy. When <laughs> the podcast episode where Darren Scott. When you're say. actually voting for stuff, like yeah. for, for legislators to do stuff rather than like, ugh, anyway, more yeah. of the right democracy. Yes. Vote for people who are going to do the job that I ask them to do. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. No, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to get us to to inch slowly towards fascist autocracy and away from democracy. Um, well, no, no, no. Not even that. Just like, I mean, I've complained in the past about the excess democracy that we have where we're asked to like yeah. approve of things. Yeah. That, and in fact, it just happened in this podcast earlier. How the hell should I know about yeah. the, the, the contract that we're going to sign with a friggin' uh, pension fund? Whatever. Anyway. But engaging more people in the process when it happens is an unmitigated good. That's all. Yeah. Okay. And if, and if that means that it's a little bit harder for us, like for us as well, whatever politics we represent to convince people of doing the, that, that we are the, the, the righteousness of our cause, then so be it. So anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think, Yep, more democracy is good, and the task is just to do the kind of stuff that we're doing and getting people to think about elections and knowing how to vote, and we're making it cool. We're making it cool to know what's on your ballot. That's what we're doing here, because this right here is cool. Listen, you are a cool person. Hot take, maybe voting should be mandatory. It is in Australia, for example. So anyway, okay. We've moved beyond the uh, ballot props or the ballot measures for city charters. And now this is the ordinance and ordinances and declarations of policy section. My favorite where, part. Where, where random people who got signatures can put stuff on the ballot. So the first two are another paired set of amendments, I and J. Uh-huh. The I want cars on JFK and Great Highway, and let's keep cars off of JFK and Great Highway amendments. Yeah. So I is pro-car. And J is pro everyone else. Yeah. In other words, just vote yes on J and no on I. Correct. I is bad. J is good. Mm-hmm. That's it. There you go. Um, um, K the, was removed because K was that terrible amendment that didn't say what didn't do what it said it was going to do. Yeah, because our systems are broken and because we can't have nice things. Oh, wait, hang on. Going back to K. I'm sorry. Going back to, to, to J. Sure. Which, which is to close JFK to cars, which is like, I don't know. If you're a person that thinks about things, this is a no-brainer. Like, let's get cars out of our big, massive, beautiful park. The League of Pissed-Off Voters uh, uh, did, not, did, not, did not endorse on J. Did they endorse on I? Uh, they did. There are no on I. Well, I mean, that's halfway there. Thanks, guys. Okay. Well, I just, I don't, I don't get those folks. I mean, but here's the thing. Even if J doesn't pass, yeah. If I doesn't pass either, I'm actually kind of cool with that. I'm fine. We had the board of supervisors do board of supervisory things and say, "Yeah, let's close JFK to cars." Yeah. We have elections about it. Like people are going to run against it or for it or whatever, and that's fine. I don't. Ugh. The fact that there are these two ballot propositions like fighting with each other is kind of wackadoodle nonsense. I hate it when but, we do this. 
So. All right. Maybe we should have a ballot proposition to raise the requirements for uh, how many signatures you have together to get something on uh, next year's ballot props. Okay. I mean, that'll, it'll never pass, right? Because like none of the people who gather signatures to get ballots on the ballot are going to gather signatures for that one because they're businesses. No, no, the ballot gathering apparatus doesn't care. They'll take your money. It's $2 a signature. So I don't think so. I, I, I bet you the people who run the like ballot gathering stuff, if you tell them, hey, we're going to run one that makes it so you so you can't. Oh, no, wait, you're wrong. No, I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong. Because yeah. they're going to want more ballots. Yeah, exactly. More signatures. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, God, we should talk to them about that. Let's go. Let's, uh, <laughs> I bet they could fund this. Okay. Uh, K was removed because it's it was a terrible idea. Yeah. L is a sales tax measure to pay for transportation. This is one of those that requires 66% to pass. Yeah. And like, we should obviously vote yes on this. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid it's not going to pass yeah. because recent history shows that people just barely don't make the 66% yeah. threshold for these kinds of things. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, although, you know, Chris, uh, on that one pod, he, like, he, he was not that bent out of shape about that that bond, Measure A, not passing. He's He kind of just felt like, eh, we'll pass something later. Like, it'll happen eventually. Well, this is the something, so let's do All it. Right. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a yes on this. I'm a big capital Y-E-S on this one. Okay. Um, um, M, vacancy tax. M, this is the big one. This is yeah. this is everyone's like, we're going to get housing for people by taxing vacant houses. Uh, okay. <laughs> right? Yes, that's, that's how it's being presented. Right. Okay. So the history on this one um, has to do with the census. So the census came through and asked everybody a bunch of questions. And they released a bunch of findings. And one of their findings was that there was a huge increase in the number of houses that were in the category of sold but not yet moved into. Okay. So on a typical year, there was between one and 200 of these houses in the city of San Francisco. Houses okay. that had been sold, but when the census came by and knocked on the door, it was still vacant because the people hadn't moved in yet. Which okay. is, you know... There is a bunch of house sales going on. People take time to move in. You need yeah. to do some renovations first, you know, paint, whatever. Sure. That's going to be a category that is like, you know, understandable. Uh, yeah. But that jumped in 2019 to about 8,000 houses were in this category of okay. uh, bought or rather sold, but not yet moved into. Okay. The explanation for this on in some quarters was that this represented foreign interests laundering money through the San Francisco real estate market and not wanting to get tied up in the business of renting. And so because housing prices were going up, 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 they would just hold on to it and sell it later and, you know, make money that way. Foreign speculators. Foreign speculators. And specifically, I think people are blaming this on the Chinese. This happened in... Um, Vancouver, where like that boogeyman was trotted out. Yeah. And I think it's happening here too. Um, the, the boogeyman is being trotted out. The boogeyman is being trotted yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. And so Vancouver did a, a similar measure where they like put a tax yeah. on vacant units and like about that. that and that reduced somewhat the number of like bought but not yet moved into houses. Okay. So on 
if you look at this on the merit, uh, not on the merits, if you look at this under like uh, the most <laughs> the most gracious interpretation of facts yeah. and evidence that if we pass this law and it goes into effect and is incredibly successful, then 8,000 units of housing will appear into existence where they didn't like didn't exist before because they were being held off the market. Right. Um, what strikes me is like probably not true that. Right. So uh, there's a couple things else going on in this bill though. So for one, it only affects houses or it only affects units of housing where there are, are more than two units in a particular building. So yeah. duplexes and single family homes don't apply to this. Yeah. They're exempt. They're exempt. Yeah. Um, there are like around 400,000 units of housing in San Francisco. About 120,000 of them are single family, one unit. Okay. Um, I, I downloaded the entire database of the assessor, uh, San Francisco <laughs> assessors. Of course and you did. database, I mean, it was about an 800 megabyte uh, CSV file. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's a database. That <laughs> so I did a little digging to figure out like what's going on here. Um, the, the way zoning works in, in well, like all over the state is you have, um, say, RH1 and RH2 for residential housing, one and two units. How many units of housing you can build in a given plot of land? And okay. a lot of those have been like modified by various like propositions and new state laws and all. But like generally speaking, the San Francisco housing um, stock follows those guidelines. In fact, like my house is RH2. And it's in the middle of a bunch of RH1 because it happened to have each two unit building when they decided, hey, zoning is a thing. And so let's slap an RH2 unit designation on this like house that has two units on it, whatever. So you got like grandfathered in. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like in when they built the house in 1897 or whatever, there was not such a thing as zoning at the time. So Right. Okay. Anyway, so generally speaking, an RH2 zoned lots, there are two units. And in RH1, there are one. And modulo little things like um, building a granny, law, uh, granny flat or a ADU, accessory dwelling unit on your property, there's still going to be one unit for an RH1 building. So if you take all these numbers and add them together, there's like 180,000 one and two unit buildings in San Francisco right now. And that's like a little more than 40% of our housing stock is okay. exempted from this vacancy tax. Yeah. How many of those 8,000 units that were bought but never moved into were one or two unit buildings? No idea. But right. like, if you just look at it from a complete, you know, naive average, probably about 40% of them are. So already we go from creating 8,000 units of housing to something more like 3,500 units of housing. Yeah. And to do this, we're creating this enormous new regulatory apparatus. Every single one of these like units is now has to submit a yearly, a yet another like um, tax return to the city of San Francisco saying, yeah. yes, I state that somebody lived in this house 182 days last year. Yeah. Which is already kind of bullshit. <clears throat> so here's the next crazy, here's the next crazy part about M. Okay. So it, <laughs> it already exempts like about 40% of the houses in San Francisco. And okay. it has a bunch of other exemptions. If you are, if you take the homeowner property tax exemption, you're already exempt. So that's a California state thing. You get a $7,000 knocked off the value of your house. 
um, because you live in it. We, we can make have a discussion about whether that makes sense in a place that has so many renters, but whatever, it's fine. Right. Um, so if you live in your house that you own, your one unit, you're exempt, which is what they intend. They want people who actually live in their houses to not have to pay this tax. But there's a bunch of other reasons why you might not live in your home. Like if you example, live in your home, how is your home going to be vacant? Well, I'll tell you how. Let's move. Okay, Let's sorry. Move. You, you <laughs> I bought to make sure I was understanding correctly. You bought a house, but like it's got some problems. Maybe it has some mold, some rats, and maybe it's a soft story renovation. It's not safe seismically, whatever. You want to get some perm- pull some permits to do some improvements, a little con- light construction before you move in. Mm-hmm. There's an exemption for the one year after you pull your first permit, where you ask the city permission to do some renovations for your house. That's already a problem because it sometimes takes a lot longer than one year for the process of getting those permits approved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's one. You also get a one-year exemption from the from the moment your first permit gets actually does get approved for doing your construction. So if you can complete all the construction necessary to move into your house in one year, you might be fine. But like that's not a guarantee either. I've seen a lot of houses that take a lot longer than that because they describe they find weird stuff on the walls. Like oh hey, by the way, there's termites. There's again the soft story thing. You need to do some more seismic upgrades. You're your foundation is leaking into, I don't know, all kinds of yeah, stuff. Bad so stuff already. If like something keeps you from working on your house or the city is being kind of like unforgiving with permits, you already might have to start paying a vacant property tax because your house isn't really habitable yet or whatever. So that's one. But, but, but single family homes are exempt. Single family homes are exempt. Yes. This is only apartments three or bigger. So, okay. So, so if I buy a building that mm-hmm. has three apartments in it or three units on it, whatever that means, then I have to, I can, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get to put a pin in that. I'm going to come back to that okay. later. All right. All right, um, all right. Then you get, there's another exemption you can get if you have a valid lease. Like if you have leased out your house to somebody, say like uh-huh. you're renting, you renting your house out to somebody, you also get an exemption, which is also what they want. They want someone living in the housing that exists in San Francisco. So there's an exemption for leases. Sure, Wait, fine. Isn't that, doesn't that just mean it's not vacant? Yeah, exactly. It's not vacant. Someone's living there, right? Okay. Your apartment that you live in right now, you've leased out from somebody. You're fine. You know? Okay. 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 So it is a tax that by virtue of this exemption is a vacancy tax. Yeah. Sure. Well, hang on. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> but. Uh, a valid lease includes uh, does not include a lease to anyone who is an owner, a co-owner, a previous owner, or a family member. So if you own a three-unit building, let's, uh-huh. this is like, I don't know, something that's close to my heart. If you own, let's say, a three-unit building, I don't own uh-huh. a three-unit building, but I do have some parents who are getting older, and yeah. you want to have them move into, like, say, the downstairs unit. Yeah. They move in even if you make them pay rent, even if you make them pay like a lot of rent, like market uh-huh. rate rent, uh-huh. that does not count as a valid lease. And if they stay there long enough, that is a vacant apartment and they will have to, you will have to pay taxes on it. Why? Who added that in there? That's a good question that I don't have an answer to. Who was like, Oh, we got to watch out for those, those family members moving yeah. into apartments. Yeah. Yeah. Scourge of San Francisco, family members living close to each other. Can't have now, that. You know, maybe it's about, you know, uh, you, I don't know, bought an apartment in, let's say, I don't know, DuBose Triangle. 
And then you, you know, get a non in years, you decide to move to Florida, but your grandson's going to move in because he's going to UCSF. And so you let him stay in the apartment. We don't want to encourage that kind of thing. We want to have intergenerational transfer. We don't want the accumulation of wealth through property taxes. And, you know, I know this is like Prop 13 nonsense. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the way they're trying to, trying to address. It's still a of bullshit. Yeah, totally. So sorry. and then there's the the three unit cutoff. So I do have a two unit house. Um, Your in law doesn't count as a unit. The in law no doesn't count as a unit. It's not doesn't have a, a shared hallway to the front of the house or anything like that. But if like let's say let's say for example you have a two unit building with a garage and you want to convert the garage into an ADU. Suddenly it's a three unit building and suddenly now you are subject to all of these vacancy laws. And so maybe you don't really want to build that ADU anymore. Can you, given the recent like glut of housing bills, is that something that people in San Francisco can do? What do you mean? Build an ADU? Yeah, totally. Yeah, in the Convert garage. Convert a garage to a living space? Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, so this is like, in, in a sense, this is like meant to stop that. Yeah. It is definitely the, the, the kind of cutoff between two and three means that it's suddenly not as quite as interesting or as appealing to build an ADU on a two unit building. Oh. Anyway, I think this whole thing is a fat load of bullshit. That's not going to solve the problem that they say they weren't are going to solve creates a giant regulatory apparatus that doesn't even need to exist and like exempts a bunch of housing that, um, yeah. Anyway. So my take on M which is not as well researched as yours, but like, I think M is what you get when you elect uh, politicians who spend too much fucking time on Twitter. I, th- I think that like, I think that like online people, in, in, if your thoughts are, are processed in 280 character chunks, the idea that like, oh, there are more vacant homes than there are homeless people. Why don't we just put the homeless people in the vacant homes, solve the problem. We don't need to build more mm-hmm. stuff. Like that is a, like th- there are so many, things wrong with that line of reasoning but like i think i think this like uh, it, it's it's it, it just it just it feel like politically a vacancy tax feels like an easy win to a politician putting it on the ballot right because it's like oh you're you're it, it's just it's just outgroup fear mongering right you're just saying that like those people from over there and in vancouver it was china like those other people who aren't real san franciscans they buy homes here because they're so rich and we're the downtrodden poor poor homeowners in san francisco we're, we're the downtrodden put upon san franciscans that have to deal with this like rampant speculation and it's like it, it the, the vacancy tax feels like it's gonna you know stick it to the man in a way right and sure. like i I think that's it. I, th- I think that's the whole thing. Like it, 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 it's something that the board of supervisors can, can, or that, that, that people can put forward that feels like it's going to do something, but it doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any enemies, right? Like it doesn't, it's not going to cause construction. It's not going to, um, you know, there aren't going to be any new people in your neighborhood. We're just going to be taxing those, those, uh, those pesky rich people who yeah. apparently buy homes. In San Francisco. Now, to be clear, this was put on, um, put forth as a ballot measure, not by the Board of Supervisors, but by right. two random people, like who collected signatures and put this on. So, 
Who did put it? Because I mean, but the board of supervisors have been really loud about this on Twitter. Have they been? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a Dean Preston has been like dying on this hill. Uh, you know, there is uh, I could tell you the names from the sfgov.org site, Maya Chupakov and Shanti Singh. But I have no idea who those two people are, and they could have the best of intentions. Yeah, I just think that this is a terrible idea. And I'm sure they had to like, you know, it sounds to me like there was a lot of shopping this around to make sure that you were going to get buy-in from the correct factions and that kind of thing. Because I don't know, I, I, getting that many signatures is so. Th- this was a, a signature, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to do. It takes like money and or like boots on the ground to to get a, you know yeah get that many signatures basically right anyway this thing has got more holes than a block of swiss cheese i'd say absolutely no yeah i'm a no on this i, I don't so did you so did you think i was going to be a yes on this i thought you were going to be a yes on it because like oh, in okay. a previous a previous episode of this podcast you're like yeah yeah vacancy tax sure we should like tax vacant houses but also build stuff I mean, I think I think that like I think I think if you if okay, here's the thing about like 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 a well written vacancy tax. I think the problem, even with a well written vacancy tax that doesn't have all these weird like loopholes and stuff in it, is it's just really hard to enforce. Yeah. Like, how do you prove that no one's living in that house? You know. Yeah, and this is this is my problem with the idea of a vacancy tax at all. Like. The, the amount of surveillance it would take to actually prove that a house was or wasn't vacant. Yeah. One thing is it's a little bit Orwellian, but also like it's just going to be a like neighborhood next door snitch fest. Oh, yeah. this, I haven't seen someone here in a while. I'm going to file a complaint down to the vacancy board to say that someone's li- not living here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can like, I'm sure there would be an app for it or like a really, really hard to use like page at sf.gov or something it would be a doodle exactly it'd be a doodle <laughs> um okay so m no thank you um interestingly um yimby action is a yes on m sure and well i don't know they, they, when they in their little endorsement of it uh they they my, my another like bank shot theory on why they're a yes on this i i think yimby orgs are okay voting yes on this even though they kind of know it's a garbage piece of legislation because they want to show the other side that they're not against their solutions right they want to they want to they want to be a political actor who's like going along and getting along and is like okay like working with tenant orgs working with a lot of other adjacent um you know people who care who are active and who care so i i think they're basically saying yes because um it's like it it's probably a, it's a tactical that? yes yeah it's a tactical yes yeah that's right thank you for saying that succinctly um, um although grow sf the other kind of yimb org in san francisco is a no on it which is like burr is a no their argument makes sense to me even like they like vacancy taxes and want a good one and they just think this one's bad they think it's bad for a couple reasons like one of the reasons is that the single family and duplexes are exempted and their their reasoning for that like for, for that being such a bad idea, isn't just that they think that everyone should have skin in the game, it's that there won't be data collected about how many vacancies there are in single family and duplex uh, units. And so like, we just won't know the scope of the problem, which sure, I 
I just don't think that you're actually going to solve this problem by like sending a bunch of jackbooted thugs around to knock everyone everyone's door to see if anyone's home, you know, right. 182 days of the year. Right, right, right. I gotta just build more housing. Just build more housing and it won't matter. Then we can just look at the vacancy rate like we do for every other city in the United States. By the way, San Francisco's vacancy rate is still like relatively high compared to our absurdly low vacancy rate over the last 10 years. Like I think it's up to 5%, which is above the average for San Francisco in the last decade, but far below the average everywhere else in the United States. Right. So you just you can't squeeze blood from a stone. That's yeah. anyway. I, and I would guess the small uptick in the vacancy rate is just people leaving. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, okay. Uh, N as in November, parking below the de Young. Yeah, it's um, like a government takeover of the Golden Gate Park Concourse Authority. <laughs> sure, whatever. I'm surprised that that was a private lot in the first place. Yeah, I think so. The, what I've heard about this is that like the reason some people are no on it is like something about something about the funding. Like so, somehow San Francisco is going to lose money on the deal because I don't know because of some financial structure thing that I don't understand. Um, but what I've heard about it is that right now they cannot because of some legal structure they are not allowed to um, uh, use dynamic pricing for the garage oh yeah huh. so it's, it's like it's got to be a set price because of i don't know some legalese um and but and but then if if the if basically it's if sfmta took it over which is i think what this would do or something like that mm -hmm. um then you could have smarter better parking under there and if we're going to shut down jfk to cars mm -hmm. and we still want people who need to drive there because they don't walk as well as they used to or have a disability or you know whatever i mean sure. um you know like there are people who will need to to park there like we should make it so that they can do that and not have to pay the like fancy pants visiting the de young 50 dollars parking fee or whatever it is it's not 50 bucks but you know what i mean yep so yeah um, I'm, I'm a weak yes on this one yeah i'm a weak yes on it i like that um the last one oh a parcel tax for city college this one is kind of funny because every endorsement guide i found about it didn't talk at all about whether or not it was a, a well written or whatever they just they just actually and actually there's something else i want to talk about here but every voter guide i found just trashed city college of san francisco yeah like they're just like it's terrible it's poorly run uh they 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 probably do need more money but we don't want to give it to them because they're such a dumpster fire <sighs> it's just petty it's just it's just petty so I'm a no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, you're free falling. Okay. <laughs> um, <sighs> I don't know what to say about this one. Like, it goes against my like default to just give more money for education. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every guide I could find, except for the League of Pissed Off Voters, is a no on this. The League of Pissed Off Voters, did they do no endorsement or did they say yes? They said a yes. Huh. They're, they're like, they're big fans of City College. I don't know, man. I'm starting to think that, you know, I should just use them as a negative. like. <laughs> just do the opposite. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, 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 oh. The League of Pissed Off Voters also said yes on 29. The dialysis thing. 
What? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. But was that the San Francisco League of Pissed Off Voters or is that the California chapter? It is the San Francisco League of Pissed okay. Off Voters. Fine. I don't know if they consort with the California League of Pissed Off Voters. Maybe, maybe that's an organization that has a lot of internal strife. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, if everyone says no, I, I don't know why I would say yes. Yeah, this is a hard one. I don't have an opinion here. Um, yeah, no, you you cannot be. I cannot count. I it would be irresponsible and unfair of me to to demand an opinion of you on all of these freaking things. Um, uh, did you did you have any thoughts about uh the DA? Oh, the have DA you, race. Have you looked at that at all? I mean, I have. <sighs> the people who are running against. Um, our new DA are all, all seem just completely crazy. Yeah. So the appointed DA is, is Brooke Jenkins. Is that right? Yes. After Chesa Boudin was, was voted out Mm -hmm. in the last election, which was like 15 seconds ago. Um, Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I haven't, I haven't seen that much about it. Um, But most of the people who are endorsing endorse Jenkins. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Um, Can we come back to the public toilet yet? Yeah. You want to wrap this up and talk toilets? Yeah. Let's wrap it up and talk toilets. We did the ballot props, so you know. We did, but we should put a pin in. um, I do. I do. I would like to hear from Ruchi about the board of education. Oh yeah, super, absolutely. Um, And the only thing I'll say, and we also have to vote for um, members of the community college board, the aforementioned dumpster fire (laughs) organization. Why are we electing? Why are why am I expected to elect the board of the community college for San Francisco? Like, why would I? Do you I... believe that earlier in this episode I said that more democracy is an untrammeled good, and I, I, I regretted it as soon as I said it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, M- more participation in smart democracy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, my only thing t- about the community college board that I want to throw out there is I actually have worked with one of the guys who is running for this mm-hmm. a- in the Sierra Club, and he's currently an incumbent for the on, on the community college board, and my endorsement would be to vote for all of the people who are not incumbents <laughs> on the community <laughs> college board, <laughs> because I think the incumbents are not doing a great job, and I know one of them... I, I just I think it's time for fresh blood in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what right. I got. Okay, okay. Let's talk about toilets. Let's wrap this up. Well, so I mean, it's not often that a toilet in your, that my local park uh-huh. becomes national news, right? Oh, national. Oh yeah this this has gone national. Amazing. Is Tucker so, Carlson talking about the the public uh, toilet? It was on Fox News. Because, like, honestly, of course it was. So the deal is um, Matt Haney went to the state and secured funding for a toilet in San Francisco. And there was going to be a big ribbon-cutting ceremony in the Noe Valley Town Square. For a toilet. Which is fantastic, Scott. You and I have had dinner there with a fried chicken place around the corner. Oh, lovely. That is the town square that we're talking about. Okay. Um, And he comes back with this, like, this satchel of cash, $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. And then, and is in proudly saying, Hey everyone, look, look all this money I got for a toilet. This is going to mm-hmm. be great. 
Mm-hmm. And suddenly that like people start asking questions like you did what you got how much like isn't that kind of ridiculous but but but, but that's how much san francisco rex and park said i needed so i just got it all you wouldn't want to get like half a toilet that wouldn't do anyone any good and yeah. he's right but also you know <laughs> who wants a million dollar half a toilet nobody exactly. no it wouldn't really work at all so, so suddenly people started asking questions and then because it became a, like a, a news issue, mm-hmm. um, I think Heather Knight wrote an article about it in the Chronicle, suddenly got picked up on a bunch of other, you know, sometimes right wing websites nationally about, can you believe San Francisco and how much money they're paying for a toilet? 1.7 billion or million dollars will build, uh, you know, a bunch of housing for people. But no, they're going to just build a toilet in a, in a town square. You could somewhere. just buy a house nearby. And let people use the toilet in the house. Yeah, yeah. Well, except you can't really buy a house in Noe Valley for one point seven. Anyway, so um, in the second set of news articles that came about this, they included a budgetary breakdown about where some of that money was going. Okay. And so uh, some of it is paying the fees um, for the permits and all of that stuff. But it's like a relatively minor amount of money that wouldn't surprise anyone who's done a house renovation in San Francisco. But, uh, there was also $750,000, sorry, $150,000 for project management, $750,000 in construction. Uh, there's a bunch of other like random odds and ends in there. It turns out to be like a a ton of money. And here's the kicker. It wouldn't be done until 2024. Yeah. (laughs) I heard 2025. Yeah. Well, two or three years, right? Yeah. And the problem, so like some of it is like, oh, it's graft, it's corruption, it's greed. People are just, you know, and we have a big problem with that since we just had one of our uh, people who ran the Rex and Park Department be indicted for embezzlement and all that. And uh, so you you might be forgiven for thinking it's about that. But I don't actually think it's about greed incompetence, graft, or corruption. I think it's about San Francisco politics. That's where you are. (laughs) Okay. So uh, it has to pass um, CEQA, the California Environmental Equality Act. So someone has to come by and say that this this public bathroom does not detract from the environment. Yeah, it's a real thing. (laughs) There There is a board of licensed architects and designers who get to like, like have a say in how the toilet is designed. Right. There, there is a bunch of public outreach that has to be done. Uh, there are going to be meetings where people can talk about the design of the, the toilet, the architect, like the, one of the reasons they have to pay a project manager as much money as they do is because that guy is going to be running around from meeting and meeting for like two years, getting approval for all the various components of this like, nonsense toilet right uh it's gonna alter the character of the neighborhood man seriously that's totally out of scale with the, with the neighborhood. <laughs> so on one hand a prefab pre-made toilet could be carted in put down on site where hookups already exist there's no like you're not gonna be like trenching for a new sewer line or installing new water pipes or anything like that. All that stuff is already there. Just None like, of the $1.7 million is like actually installing sewage lines or water. No, those already exist. This is just this is just for the building that sits on top of an existing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But okay. because the process takes so long, because there are so many committees involved, because there are so many choke points and veto points and points where people can like change the, it shouldn't be stucco, it should be tile. No, it shouldn't be tile, it should be siding. No, it shouldn't be siding, it should be shingles. And at every step, you have to have the architect come do more drawings. You have to have them go back to the planning department to get approval for these new changes. You have to go back to like uh, some, I don't know, person's house where they're having a meeting about the new toilet and like go through the design review. Like everything takes so long because of all of these like inputs. This, well, I don't know. Maybe you might even say an excess of democracy of one kind or <laughs> But it's not. It's not democracy. It's it's carinocracy. It's the people who have the bandwidth to like go to. Uh, it's you know the, the League of Pissed Off Voters special meeting about the about the Noe toilet. I don't mean to piss on, pick on them so much. I I just you know. But like, or you might say that the the responsibility and accountability is so. Um, uh, what word am I looking for? It's so spread out, right? That like, there's no one person who's responsible for this project. Like if I'm upset about the, the design of the toilet, I can't go complain to one person. It's like, I have to go like complain to these neighbors who decided that they wanted it at like a different style of toilet and to that design firm who said it didn't fit with the neighborhood and to that like the CEQA who said we needed like low flow water or whatever. And it's just like, it's all, I hate it. I'm going to go to all these meetings and demand that it have a bidet. Oh my God, Scott. (laughs) So the $1.8 million new toilet. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. (laughs) And, you know, here's the thing. That park could super use a toilet. Like, yeah, a bunch of kids running around it all the time. And every time one of those kids needs to go to the bathroom, you have to go to Whole Foods and pretend like you're buying something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it, this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. <sighs> and why it's going to take so long to get those nice things. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard I heard that there was going to be like a, a celebration in the park. There was going to be like a happy thing that happened. Yeah, it was going to be a ribbon cutting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they had to cancel that because the news blew up that it was getting like, it was such a big deal. You know, yeah, I mean, the party. from one perspective... Like you're Matt Haney, you went and got a bunch of money from the city or from, sorry, from the state. We yeah. don't have, even have to spend it. Look, I got all this money for us. Look, like I'm bringing home the bacon. He even said the word bacon in the article. It was great. <laughs> um, but to have that blow up in your face so spectacularly because you did such a great job of uncritically asking for money, right? Hey, what are you going to do? Use this money? Oh, it's for a bathroom. All right, sure. Whatever. Like everyone just kind of rubber stamp this all the way down without even asking any questions. The other thing is there's two instances of parks, St. Mary's Park, and I forget the other one, that recently got bathrooms. And yeah, they cost about $1.6, $1.7 million each, start to finish. Because that's how long and how much. Uh, oh God, it's just. That's just what it costs to make a bathroom in San Francisco. <laughs> So I don't think the problem is the $1.7 million. I think the problem is the ridiculous process we have to build anything in San Francisco and how expensive it makes everything. Yeah. The problem is not union contracts. The problem is not um, uh, not being able to buy prefab units. The problem is the process that we, the people of San Francisco, have helped make. 
We have to stop the Chinese speculators from profiting off our toilets. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. I just throw that out there. It's so dumb. Good times. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. We did it. Everybody, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I don't. I'm gonna make like a Google Doc and just throw that in the show notes. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Fair. Um. Um. And yeah, I. I don't know, Jerry. If you want to take a look at this. Well, whatever. If you want to, it's in there. But yeah, I've got a thing in there. It'll show you how to make your way through state propositions, city and county propositions, and I guess we'll talk about board of education stuff. We get Ruchi because that's. I would love to hear her take on all that stuff. And that's what we got, yeah? Yep. Okay. Bye, everybody. We love you. Enjoy the weirdness of politics and happy and vote. Oh, and, you know, donate to all of the, like, Democratic races and stuff happening for the midterms because there's that whole – that whole thing is happening also. It's not just SF being weird. The whole country is, like, you know, teetering on the edge of something dark. So reminder to phone bank, text bank, donate to votesaveamerica.org if that's one that you like. I like that one. but. Pick your own. Do your thing. Okay, that's all. That's all. Okay, I love you. I'm going to stop recording now. (laughs) Bye.